Amen. We are a little over a month into our season of Lent and this uh, this conversation we've been having, this, this series called From Graves to Gardens. It's about this, this movement, this journey that, that we're on together, uh, this journey that we're on uh, with Christ, a journey of, of salvation, a journey of transformation that happens through a relationship uh, with Jesus. And we've been talking about some of the, uh, the little journeys that, that point to this larger journey uh, each week as we talk about this. We've been talking about the journey from, from rejection to redemption. We've looked at the journey from revenge to restoration. And, and so today we're going, to, uh, we're going to explore the journey from what I call rehearsal to renewal. Now, uh, you may or may not know this about me, but uh, when I attended uh, the greatest high school in Murfreesboro, Oakland High School, didn't hear any amens on that. <laughs> when I went to Oakland High School, uh, I was involved in, in a number of plays. I did a lot of drama and a lot of uh, choir. And uh, the thing about it was the thing that... Uh, I think the folks that I went to high school with, some of them would think it was funny that I, I stand up in front of people uh, every week because uh, when I was in high school, I was terribly, terribly shy and, and, and timid on stage, and, uh, but I could sing. And so my, my drama teacher found out about this, and so she recruited me, and she put me up on stage with, uh, as a sophomore with all these juniors and seniors, these upper-class folks, and it, and it only made me even more shy and timid and terrified. And I remember being in these plays, and the first couple of plays I was in, uh, I didn't have any lines. I was just, you know, one of the people in the background in the choir. But, but after a couple of these, I remember getting uh, the, to this level that, that, that I was actually given a line. It was just one line. Uh, but I remember rehearsing it over and over again as if my life depended on it. It was, uh, it was from the, the very first one was at the very end of this play that we did called The Wiz. And um, there was this song at the end uh, that was sung by Diana Ross in the movie and it was called Brand New Day. And uh, so I had one little line from that song that I was supposed to step up front and I was supposed to sing. You wanna hear it? All right, it goes like this. Everybody's glad. Because our silent fear and dread is gone. Okay, there it is. Thank you very much. Thank you. My, I, I think my drama teacher would be so proud of me that I was able to stand up here and sing that with such confidence uh, with you this morning. Uh, and she would probably be impressed that I remembered it after, you know, 20-something years. I still, still remember that line. Um, but, and I can also, I still remember her voice. I can remember her uh, sitting out there and, and yelling up to the front, sing it out, pray, don't be afraid. But, but that was the thing, right? I was, I was afraid. That was the irony of the lyrics that I was supposed to sing, right? Everybody's glad because our silent fear and dread is gone. That was, that was not me, right? Uh, and as I thought about it, actually, I was reflecting on it this week and I thought, you know what, maybe... Maybe that's why my teacher gave me that line. Maybe she knew that I needed to rehearse that particular phrase over and over again. Maybe she believed that if I rehearsed it enough that it would retrain my brain to actually believe it. And when I had that thought this week, you know what else I thought? That'll preach. 
And so that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to preach about for just a few minutes this morning. I want to talk a little bit about what that looks like to move from rehearsal to renewal, because I believe that, that so many of the struggles that we have in life stem from this fact that, that we've been rehearsing lies from a script that's been written by the circumstances in our lives. Does that make sense? I believe that God wants to move us from, from rehearsing the lies in our scripts to, to rehearsing the lines of, of God's scriptures, of, of God's word to us and for us. I believe that God wants to give us new lines to rehearse so that God can renew our lives. And so I wanna talk about that for a few minutes this morning. I think it's really important because I also believe that, that, that our enemy and our culture and our world continually feed us lies that, that, that can ruin our lives. And, and we rehearse those lines in our heads so often. Those things become the script of our lives that we end up rehearsing over and over again in our lives. Is it, can you think of an example of that in your life? I know I can. Uh, for me... This is a great example of it. I can have a uh, hundred people say something good to me, and then if one person says something bad, that's, that's the line that I rehearse over and over again. I can have so many people come up to me after church on Sunday morning and tell me what a good sermon that was, but if one person says anything that I might even be able to interpret as remotely negative, uh, that never happens, by the way, but, but if it did... That's the thing that I, I, I latch onto and I rehearse it over and over again in my head. Maybe not, maybe not even what they said, but, but how I interpreted what they said. Does anybody, anybody ever do that? This morning, I wanna ask you to, to reflect on that a little bit. I wanna ask you to, to consider what, what are you rehearsing right now in your heart and in your mind? And where do you need to let God flip your script with his scripture? Where do you need to allow God to retrain your brain to believe what God says about you and about your life? I love what the apostle Paul tells the church in, in his letter to the Romans, Romans 12 too, he says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, God's good and pleasing and perfect will. Uh, the New Living Translation, I love how it, how it puts it. I wanted to read that for you too. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, that's, that's the transformation that can happen when we allow God to, to renew our minds and to transform us. Uh, I've, been, I've been reading a book recently. I just finished it this week. It's by a pastor named Craig Rochelle. He's from my, my wife's home state of Oklahoma. And he has, he has this book that's called Winning the War in Your Mind. And he talks about these four principles for renewing your mind. Uh, I may do a sermon series or a book study on it at some point, but I just wanted to share with you this morning really quickly uh, these four main principles that he talks about in the book. The first one is what he calls uh, the replacement principle. And uh, the phrase that he puts with that is remove the lies, replace with truth. Now that's what we've already been talking about a little bit this morning. So I'm not gonna go into detail on that one, but th that's just the starting point 
for, for this. And then we move into the second principle. The second principle is called the rewire principle. He says, rewire your brain, renew your mind. This one basically means that as we continually uh, replace those lies from the enemy with lines from the truth of God's word, God literally, physically rewires our brain. Um, he talks about uh, neuroscience and how God has created our brains to make what, what, he, what are called neural pathways. These are like these well-worn paths in our, in our brains made by our thoughts. Uh, he, he gives the example of, it's like, you know how you've, you've driven home from work so many times that that route is just ingrained in your mind. And if you're not thinking about it, you just go there on autopilot, right? How many of you ever done that before? You're supposed to stop and get some groceries, right? Uh, before you go home and then you just end up getting home and then you realize you forgot and then you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, that's what happens. We just, we've done it so many times. We just, we just go there, right? And it's the same thing with our thoughts. So many times we've, we've gone there so many times that it's just like autopilot. We don't even think about it. Our thoughts keep going to the same place. But, but God has created our mind in, in such a way that, that we can create new neural pathways, that we can create new well-worn paths. And what, what uh, the pastor says to do, he says to, to create what he calls trenches of truth. These are new well-worn passages or, or paths of scripture. Uh, and the way that we do that is we rehearse the truth of God's word. And as we rehearse the truth of God's word, then, then, then God's word begins to reframe our lives, reframe the, the problems in our lives and in our world uh, around the promises of God's presence and provision and power. And see, that gets us to the third principle. This is what he calls the reframe principle. He says, reframe your mind, restore your perspective. See, when we can get to this place where we can see things in light of God's plan and purpose, then we begin to reframe our perspective of those things in our lives, those situations and those circumstances, even the really difficult ones. Uh, and a great example of this is, is the Apostle Paul himself. His life uh, was an example of this. If you know his story, you know that his life was full of difficulty and, and, and disappointment and distress. He endured so much, and yet Paul had learned to reframe everything in light of the good news of God's grace. I want to give you one example. This is from the book of Philippians, which Paul wrote from prison. And, and listen to what he says. Chapter 1, verse 12. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything that's happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Can you imagine what, what it would be like to have that perspective given Paul's circumstances and situation? Um, it would have been so easy for him to say, you know what, that, this wasn't the plan. I'm not supposed to be in here. I'm supposed to be out there. What, what went wrong? Maybe I should just give up. But that's not what Paul said. Paul had, had reframed his experience based on God's promise and God's provision and God's power. And so, so what he ended up saying basically was this, okay, I had a plan, but maybe God has a better plan. Uh, maybe this is a totally different and unexpected way for me to get to share the good news. Listen to what he says in verse 13. He says, for everyone here in prison, everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. What a perspective. 
to be able to see those circumstances and situations, not just as obstacles, but as opportunities for God to work in and through him. Gosh, my prayer is to have that kind of perspective. See, when we can reframe our experiences from God's perspective, then we learn how to find meaning and purpose and even joy in the midst of most dif- the most difficult situations and circumstances. And Paul talks a lot about that too. Uh, and that's actually the, four, the fourth principle, the, the rejoice principle. He says, revive your soul and reclaim your life. When God moves us to that place where, where the circumstances of life, where the, the criticism of others, where the, the, the cares of this world, they, they, they don't weigh us down in the way that they did before. Uh, God begins to, to revive our soul. It's almost like bringing us back from the dead. God can retrain our brain to, to rehearse God's truth, even in the midst of, of the most terrible situations. And the result is a joy that's not bound by circumstance. It's what he calls a peace that that surpasses understanding. It's this hope even in the midst of hopeless situations. It's what we've been talking about, good news in the midst of bad news. Because the good news is God's grace is greater than any situation or struggle that we experience in this life, that Jesus has, has overcome our sin and our separation from God so that we can have life abundant and eternal. Christ lived and died and rose victorious over sin and death to redeem us so that we don't have to live deflated and defeated and dead spiritually. The good news is that the Holy Spirit lives in us and works through us to renew us and restore us and transform us from the inside out day by day as we give it to God. See, that's God's will for our lives, his good and pleasing and and perfect will. That's what Paul was saying. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn and know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. This is what it looks like when when we can do, when we can allow God to work in us and through us so that God can move us from, from rehearsal to renewal. And, and I share all that with you today, almost as a lead up to, to our, our scripture our main scripture lesson today, the, the psalm that we're gonna look at today, Psalm 4. Uh, we've been going through the psalms during this season of Lent. It's part of this soundtrack devotional that, that some of us are doing together. But uh, these psalms of lament are teaching us a lot about what it looks like to walk through this, this season of, of life. And, and Psalm 4 that we're gonna look at today is a special kind of psalm. It's, it's what... Uh, some folks call a, a bedtime song of lament. Uh, it was used originally in, in evening worship services just before uh, the community would, would go to bed. And, and as I thought about that this week, I thought about just the power and the, and the truth of that. You know, it was in those moments right before bedtime, for me at least, that that's when, that's when the rehearsing starts. That's when the battle begins. When I lay my head down on, on my pillow, that's when I start uh, my rehearsal. I, I rehearse all the events of the day and the things that, that I should have said or done. I, I start to rehearse the events of, of tomorrow and all the things that I have to do and, and things that I have to deal with, but I can't yet. I rehearse all the things that I've done and that I wish I hadn't and those things that I need to do that I haven't done yet. 
And then I wonder why I can't sleep. Anyone else do that? So that's what I envision when I hear Psalm 4. And I want you to, with that in mind, hear these words of David's song of bedtime lament. He prays this. Answer me when I cry out, my righteous God. Set me free from my troubles. Have mercy on me. Listen to my prayer. How long, you people, will my reputation be insulted? How long will you continue to love what's worthless and go after lies? You see what's happening? David is rehearsing. He's rehearsing all these difficult situations and and circumstances that he's trying to navigate in his life. And then the very next word is this word that we see a lot in the Psalms. It's this word, Selah. And basically what that means is to pause and reflect. So in the midst of all this rehearsing, David stops, he pauses and reflects. You know, we've been talking about how this season of Lent that we're in is a time for us to pause and reflect. It's a season of reflection and and repentance. It's a time for us to reflect on our lives in light of God's love and care in our lives and then to to repent, to turn towards God, to return to God and, and allow God to lead us in the right direction in the way that leads to life abundant and eternal. And what you see in this psalm is is this is kind of a turning point in the psalms. You see David's thoughts and words start to move. Listen to this. He says, know this, the Lord takes personal care of the faithful. The Lord will hear me when I cry out to him. So be afraid and don't sin. Think hard about it in your bed and weep over it. Selah. You start to see David moving his prayers from, from rehearsing his troubles to rehearsing the truth of who God is and, and what God is doing and what his response needs to be. Verse five, bring righteous offerings and trust the Lord. Many people will say, we can't find goodness anywhere. The light of your face has left us, Lord, but you have filled my heart with more joy than when their wheat and wine are everywhere. I will lie down and fall asleep in peace because you alone, Lord, let me live in safety. You see what happened there? Just the movement that takes place as as David replaces his troubles with God's truth, as he reframes his problems from God's perspective, as he rejoices in the goodness of God's grace, David has finally moved from this place of restlessness to rest, from, from panic and stress to peaceful sleep. And the other thing I want you to notice is his circumstances haven't changed at all, but his heart and mind have been changed. God is transforming David, through the the power of of his word, the truth of who he is and whose he is. And and so the the psalm ends with, instead of him lying awake and and rehearsing the lies, he, he lies down and falls asleep in peace, trusting in God's presence and provision. See, I think this is a beautiful picture of what it looks like to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It's what it looks like to move from rehearsal to renewal. And it's not just here. This, it's this amazing pattern that, that I think we see through the Psalms as, as the psalmist brings their struggles to God and allows God to shape their pain 
around his truth. It's something only God can do. Bring transformation to someone's life and through someone's life to bring transformation to the world. So, so what I want to ask you this morning to do is to make that personal. What does that need to look like for you? What lies have you been rehearsing? Maybe even unintentionally. And what lines do you need to replace those with that you need to be rehearsing intentionally? What do you need to do to move from, from the script to the scriptures? I know that sometimes can be a little bit intimidating and maybe your first thought is I don't know enough scripture. But here's my advice to you. These are some words of wisdom that I learned from my high school drama teacher. Why don't you start with just one? Just one line and rehearse it over and over again as if your life depended on it. Maybe the script that, that you've been rehearsing says something like this, I, I can't do anything right. Well, maybe the, the scripture that you need to rehearse is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Maybe the script that you've been rehearsing is no one could ever love me after all that I've done. Maybe the scripture that you need to rehearse is but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Maybe you need to put yourself in that, that phrase and rehearse it over and over again until you believe it. Maybe, maybe your script says, I can't control my thoughts. Uh, they're out of control. In fact, they control me. Maybe your scripture needs to be, we take, every, we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, what I want to ask you to do this morning is to ask God to give you a line this week. Just one. And rehearse it over and over again as if your life depended on it. Allow, allow God to transform you by renewing your mind. Let God do what only God can do. Remove those lies and replace them with truth. Rewire your brain. Reframe your perspective. Revive your soul. Restore your joy so that you might know God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life and for the world around you. I pray today that you would say yes to God and allow God to move you from rehearsal to renewal so that God might, might transform that part of your life from graves to gardens. It's something only God can do. And I wanna pray that God would do that in us and through us as we offer ourselves to him. As, as the worship team comes up and leads us in one more song, I wanna invite you to do that, to just ask God to give you a word of truth and that you would hang on to that this week. Allow it to be planted in your heart and mind so that it might bear fruit in your life and see what God can do. I'm gonna pray for us and then we'll continue on. God, we do thank you for your word that, that was spoken and, and still speaks. Lord, we thank you for the truth that, that sets us free. God, we thank you for Jesus who is the way and the truth and the life that through him, we have life abundant and eternal now and forever. God, help us to uh, allow you to do a good work in us today and in the days ahead. Remind us of who we are and whose we are. Lord, transform our lives 
by renewing our minds. Speak to us. Speak through us. Help us to follow you wherever you lead us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand and let's worship together.